And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Popcorn, peanuts, strawberry slushies. Welcome to No Bunts, the podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm J.E. Skeets, still spitting sunflower seeds. <laughs> And with me here in studio, a.k.a. the classic dugout, the man making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. And my co-host, joining us from Taiwan, he's a cat man! It's Joel McMillan. What's up, Joel? You got surprises for me, Skis. I wasn't expecting that. You got the voice of an angel. Uh, How are the cats? They're fantastic. One of them's going to be in bed with me in about 75 minutes, hopefully. Exciting. (laughs) I was going to say something, but it may have got me uh, fired, so I'll just leave it at that. Cats in bed with Joel. I love it. All right, Joel, man, we got so much to talk about here, and let's just jump right into it with the five best things in baseball this week, obviously postseason edition, because we start with the Texas Rangers defeating the Houston Astros 11-4 11-4 to in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series on Monday night. They win the American League pennant, and the Rangers advance to the World Series for the third time in franchise history, uh, first time since 2011. This one shocked you, Joel, because I saw your WhatsApp messages. You couldn't believe that the Rangers jumped out you know, to an early lead once again and held on in dominant fashion here. Break out the Crayolas and color me surprise, Skeets. I was not <laughs> expecting this. Um, I really thought after Altuve hit that walk-off home run in game five, I'm like, that's it. They're done. Like They've got all the momentum. They, they look great. They kind of got off to a slow start. But, man, so much credit to Texas. Got to give them their flowers. Like They came back on the road, and they hung 20 runs in Houston's building. Like, that's pretty crazy to do both uh, in elimination games. They've had such a crazy travel schedule. Like, they finished the season in Seattle, flew cross-country to Tampa Bay, then up the East Coast to Baltimore, and then obviously back to Texas. I feel like, and Skeets, you kind of touched on this last week too, and I, I, I think this bears repeating. No one's really, I feel like no one's really giving the Rangers a lot of credit. Like, for what they've done. And I think this just kind of highlights and emphasizes the insane run they've had. They've had such a roller coaster season. They looked great up until mid August. And then the last six weeks of the season, it was just really, really rough and tough sledding for them. They almost, you know, missed the playoffs, blew the division, but man, they have just looked unreal in the playoffs. Absolute credit coming back, you know, yeah, down three, two, two games on the road and in this series no home team won a game which was very very bizarre but credit to the rangers an exciting team and they've done all this without jacob de their prized free agent offseason acquisition so 
what a crazy year for the Rangers, but nothing but respect to them. Yeah, and Texas right fielder Adolis Garcia was an easy choice uh, for the American League Championship Series MVP. This guy hit five home runs all in the last four games, and he finished with 15 total RBIs. Uh, and it's even more wild because he was at the center of that benches clearing incident after being hit by the pitch there in game five, Joel. But this guy, I mean, again, casual baseball fan here. I don't even know who this guy was. Uh, so it feels like he's really come out of nowhere. Maybe I'm wrong there, but man, 15 ribbies. That's huge here for Garcia. Yeah, and 15 RBIs also, I believe, is a, a postseason record for a series. I could be wrong. Maybe the Bleacher Creatures want to double check me on that but skeets yeah this was garcia he was released by the cardinals they were talking about this on the broadcast last night i think he was released by the cardinals fairly recently and even the rangers they designated him for assignment and then they called him back up i mean this guy was kind of on uh was on no one's radar i believe he was an all-star this year so such a great story yeah like he kind of took this team or at least took the offense and just put it on his back these last two games and said you know, I'm going to do it for us. And it's awesome to see. And like you said, an absolute clear-cut winner for the MVP for for this series. The Athletic is reporting here that uh, 74-year-old Dusty Baker has told people inside and outside the organization with the Astros that this will be his last year managing, Joel. So it sounds like uh, old Dusty Baker might be done uh, as manager of the Astros. Is that surprising at all? Not, I mean, he's 74 years old. I mean, he's been around the game a long time. He's He's got his championship last year, and he kind of, with last night's loss, he kind of has a, an inauspicious record. He's uh, He has never won a game seven in the playoffs wow. as a manager, which is uh, kind of rough and hard to believe, just some bad luck. But I, I can understand. I think there's going to be some changes with the Astros, and again, they talked about on the broadcast last night, they've got a few key players who are going to be free agents soon. Verlander, who knows what he's going to do. So I think maybe they're going to kind of going to go in a different direction with a manager if obviously if Baker has said this publicly. And I, I think it makes sense. I still think Houston's going to be a very, very competitive team with or without Baker. But if it is a career for him, I mean, what an amazing career. Just seems like one of the most likable people ever, not just a baseball guy, but, you know, in person, love listening to him talk. And uh, tough way to go out, but, man, what a career he's had. All right, so the Rangers have punched their ticket to the World Series, and now they await to see who they're going to take on uh, in the final series of this postseason. Because last night, Arizona pounced on Philly starter Aaron Nola for three runs in the second inning. And they never looked back. They took that Philly home crowd out of it. I got to be honest here. The Diamondbacks 5-1 win gives us another Game 7 tonight, Joel. That's right. This year marks the first time since 2004 that both championship series in a full season have gone to seven games. So that's exciting. Remember we were talking about how boring the postseason was? As soon as we said that, you know, these series really took off and both of the teams got back into them and we got game seven. So, uh, yeah, what did you think first off about the Diamondbacks with the 5-1 win in game six? And what are you expecting here in game seven tonight? What to expect anymore with, with with this series, especially the way the the Texas and the Houston series went. Everything's just been so unpredictable. I feel you can just throw a lot of it out the window, especially in Game Seven. 
But Skeets, you bring up an excellent point, and I think that's going to be one of the keys if Arizona wants to win. They need to take that Philly crowd out of it. I mean, everyone knows how loud they are, and it can really get in uh, opponents' heads. They were able to kind of take the crowd out early and were, were in control that entire game. I feel the Diamondbacks are just a young team. They're playing with house money at this point. They're playing with nothing to lose. They're playing very loose. I think Philly has everything to lose. And it's weird with the Phillies. It's not like they've had a bad series. You know, they like they've lost three games, obviously. Two games were just by one run. Some questionable bullpen bullpen management decisions by Rob Thompson. But they've still played a very good series. I would say yesterday was their quote unquote worst game. And yeah. they didn't even really look that bad. They just, you know, they just didn't win the game. But Man, like, again, like, credit to the Diamondbacks. I thought that, you know, Philly was going to win game six. Once they won game five, I was like, ah, okay, they lost. They blew those two games in in Arizona late. They'd come back to Philly and, you know, close it out in six. But Arizona just won't go away, and it's going to be really exciting. You've got a rookie on the mound in game seven. It'll be interesting to see, and I feel it's going to go one of two ways. I don't know how to pronounce this dude's name. It's P.F. A-A-D-T, Paft or Paft. I'm not entirely sure. sure. Yeah. But um, but anyway, I feel like he's either going to be lights out or he's going to get absolutely shelled and he's not going to make it out or the first or second inning with that Philly crowd. But um, it's been unreal. And if it comes down to a bullpen game, as good as Philly's bullpen has been throughout the year and even in the postseason, they haven't looked great the last couple games, especially Craig Kimbrell. Mm. He's been rocked. You know, they've taken out him high leverage situations. So if it turns into a bullpen game, I feel it's anyone's game. Ray, uh, they've got the Phillies have Suarez on the mound, who's, you know, we're going to talk about him later, but his postseason numbers are absolutely insane. I'm ride or die with Philly. I'm, I'm, I'm picking them. Yeah. But man, it's like, like if the Diamondbacks win, it'll be such a cool story and I'll be happy to see them. Uh, but I'm excited for another game seven, but I really have no idea how it's going to go. Yeah, it's uh, opening night in the NBA season, obviously my sport of choice, but uh, I will promise you I'll be keeping my eye here on at least the score and what's going on in this game seven between the D-backs and the Phillies tonight. Here's my prediction. I don't know who's going to win the game, but the way the postseason games have been going, some team will be up three nothing after two innings feels like so many yeah. games have been like that Joel uh you know a couple of these games we just recently saw and just so many where it's just one of the teams jumps out gets to that starting pitcher early and then it's like hoping to play catch up which is very difficult to do um mm-hmm. but that's my prediction I guess I'll go with the Phillies get up to a you know a quick two three nothing lead and then we'll see what the Diamondbacks can do yeah, you're, you're right. And you texted that to me last night and you're right. It, it does seem to be kind of a, a trend or a pattern this postseason. And I just want to make note of this too. The uh, the the Diamondbacks have actually set uh, a record. They have t- uh, they've tied the record for most home runs in a season with players 23 and under. I know it's again very obscure, sure. but uh, they've hit 11 home runs, players 23 or younger. So Man, young guns, young blood, just getting it done. And you you love to see that, especially in, in the environment that they're in, like that pressure cooker that is Philly. So let's see if they can finish the job. I'll, you know, even though no one had Diamondbacks and Rangers on their bingo card at the beginning of the year, I'm all for it. If it comes to that, it'll be exciting. Who do you think the Rangers want to see in the World Series? Who are they hoping wins Game 7 tonight uh, in that division? 
I mean, they'll probably give the standard answer to that. Ah, it doesn't matter who we play. But, you know, for the purpose of this, I would say they would probably want to play the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I think that would – I think they just match up a bit better. But it'll be interesting because I was reading online yesterday, if the Diamondbacks do advance, it'll be the lowest win total of any two teams in a full, like, 162-game season in the World Series. Wow. So. Another little uh, fun fact, too. There you go. All right, moving on. Uh, Astros obviously out of this postseason after losing their Game 7 last night, as we talked about. But I got a question for you, Joel, because I was listening to a few podcasts, and they were slipping this in. Jose Altuve and how great he is and how great he's been in the postseason. We saw in this series even he hit some clutch, clutch hits. Is Altuve the best postseason player in, let's say, the past 10 seasons? Is there truth to that? Hands down. And I would even go as far as to say, like, in my opinion, like I kind of look at it like generation to generation. I feel like, you know, like for us in our lifetime, I feel Derek Jeter was the greatest postseason player of his generation. Mm -hmm. And once he retired, that's kind of when Altuve came into the league shortly thereafter. I feel he's taken the mantle. I just want to read some of uh, Altuve's October stats. Uh, He's first in, and this is among his current peers, not all time games played 101 played appearances, 466 total bases, 211 hits, 113 runs, 86 singles, 67 doubles, 20 and home runs, 27. And he's just too shy of Manny Ramirez for the all time mark. And then he had a home run last night. He also is all time. He's first all time in, uh, home runs in the ninth inning or later in the postseason with four. So, I mean, the dude is just a stone cold killer in October. Even last night, I know the game turned out to be a blowout. Yeah. But after that first inning, when Texas went up early, Altuve leads off, boom, hits a screaming double and breaks the scoreboard. And I was like, at the time, I was like, ah, oh, okay, you know, Scherzer, they're going to get to him. But man, Altuve, if he's not the most clutch and best postseason player, who is like make a case for someone else because I certainly can. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for going through the stats there. It makes a little more sense why people were saying that on the podcast I was hearing, man, though, that's unbelievable. Those numbers you were just reeling off. That was postseason. That's basically just October. That's postseason. Those totals. I mean, it helps that he's been there a ton, obviously on the franchise uh, with the the Astros, but man, you got to perform on the big stage. That guy does love it. All right. I love this next question. Because we talk about a lot of the stars and all that, but I want to know who are the some of the unsung heroes here in the 2023 MLB postseason. Who you got on your list? There's four specifically. There's there's four unsung heroes. Uh, first is Jordan Montgomery, who was a trade deadline acquisition by the Rangers, and like a trade that really like didn't move the needle. It was just kind of to get some starting pitching depth for the Rangers, but he's been three and zero in four of his starts. He was credited with the win last night and the Rangers have won all five of the games he's pitched in. He's looked unreal. He keeps them in every game. You know, he gets his five to six innings in and just gives the Rangers a chance to win every game he's been in so far. Uh, earlier, we talked about Ranger Suarez. He's given up just one earned run in 14 innings pitched and in two and uh, in two of those starts actually came against the Braves and we all know about their high powered offense. Yeah. He struck out 13 and he's walked just two and he's got an ERA of 0.64, which, you know, is crazy. So what guy would you rather have on the mound for game seven? 
Uh, we talked about him earlier, Brandon Paff. I'm probably butchering that last name, but that rookie pitcher, you know, who's almost equaling Suarez in a lot of ways, was terrible during the regular season. He had a record of three and nine and an ERA of 5.62. But in the playoffs, he's got an ERA just above two with 15 strikeouts and no walks over 12 and two-thirds innings. And Evan Carter, the rookie for the Texas Rangers, who was just called up in September, he's reached base in 12 straight postseason games. And this is his first playoff baseball experience at all. Dude comes into the league and reaches base in 12 straight postseason games. That's a record for a player 21 or younger. And he's hitting 308 with an on-base percentage of 449. So, you know, I think a lot of the star players in this postseason, you know, Garcia, Harper, Schwarber, we've talked a lot about those, but I feel these four guys, man, unsung heroes, huge contributors to their teams, uh, you know, and helping them make it this far. Who would be the biggest surprise of all those guys that you just went through? Uh, like, who would be at the oh, top that's... of your list as like, wow, unsung hero, at least most surprising to you as a baseball fan? I I would. That's a great question. Uh, you put me on the spot here, Skeets. I would probably say Evan Carter. Just yeah. I, just because he's a rookie. I mean, the guy came up in September. I mean, you never really know what. I mean, guys can be white hot in September or ice cold. It's a very small sample size. And then here, this guy is playing uh, as a 21 year old rookie. You know, in the playoffs and you know reaching base in all these games. I would say that's probably the biggest surprise because I didn't even know who this guy was until they were talking about him uh, on the broadcast. So I would probably say Evan Carter, but that's just really a testament to, you know, the depth that the Rangers have. They've got some high-priced talent for sure in Seager and Simeon, but their prospects have kind of just come together and blossomed at the right time. And it really just all seems like it's coming together for the Rangers at the perfect time. All right, final one here. I know you've got the carousel up on No Bunts Instagram page. They're going into a Game 7 in their championship series tonight, but the Phillies, you know, even if they go out tonight, even if the D-backs get them again in Game 7, the 23 Phillies, Joel, continue just to set postseason records. I know you basically have a list of all the things they've already accomplished here, and they might have a whole other series to go if they make it to the yeah. World Series. Yeah, it's unreal. We're just going to touch uh, on on a couple of them here, but yeah, Ranger Suarez, uh, post-career uh, ERA of 0.94 over uh, 28 and two-thirds innings, which is the lowest of any pitcher uh, of all time, even wow. ahead of Sandy Koufax. Now, Sandy Koufax obviously pitched a lot more innings, yeah. but still, to me, that's pretty crazy. Zach Wheeler set the Phillies record for most strikeouts in a postseason with 34. Uh, he's got the lowest whip of any starter with at least 40 innings with 0.70. To me, that's crazy. Bryce Harper has already broke the NLDS home run record with 11. Schwarber broke the NLCS record also with 11. <laughs> and Dave and both of those players have combined for 22 home runs over the past two postseasons, which is also a record. And in this postseason, Philadelphia has at least three home runs, uh, five games with the three home runs, which ties the 2002 Giants for the most in a single postseason. And like you said, Skeets, they might break it tomorrow or like if they do in advance, they could actually, you know, set even more records. So it's crazy to think with the Phillies, like all the things they've accomplished 
and they're staring at an elimination game. To me, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Yeah. You caught me for surprise there. You said tomorrow. And I was like, wait, I thought game seven was on tonight. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, oh sorry, yeah, tonight, this guy tonight, lives in yeah. Taiwan. He's going to have a little sorry. gonna have a little nap with the cats and wake up and watch some baseball <laughs> in the morning, game seven. All right, well, that's awesome. I mean, you're right. Uh, they still have one game at least in their series and then potentially four to seven more uh, if they are to make it to the World Series and take on the Rangers. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra-flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. All right, great stuff there, Joel. I learned a lot for sure. Now we got a new segment. We're calling Best of the Best because, Joel, I want to know, I'm going to start with you, what is the best postseason walk-off in MLB, MLB history, according to you at least? I think you've got your obvious ones uh, for sure, but I wanted to, you know, maybe be – I don't want to say more obscure because this was obviously a big home run, but I'm actually going to go with the David Freeze uh, Game 6 home run in the 2011 World Series. Uh, Game 6, as an aside, Game 6 in this series was, in my opinion, probably one of the greatest baseball games ever played. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you were ever to show a non-baseball fan a game, show them this one. It's absolutely crazy. The Cardinals season came down to their last strike twice in this game because it went to extra innings and freeze actually hit the game tying triple in the bottom of the ninth to tie it. The Rangers actually took the lead in extras. The cards came back and tied it again in extras. And then he hits the walk-off home run straightaway center. It was just absolutely pandemonium. I really recommend it for your casual fan. You've never seen the highlights of this game go back and watch the highlights because it's unreal this game. So I'm going to go David freeze game six, walk off home run. What do you got? Am I crazy? Or was he like a St. Louis native too? Wasn't he born? uh... 
I in the area? believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah I believe he was. Like yeah, hometown the hero. hometown hero. Yeah, for sure. I will say before I answer, uh, just so everybody knows, Joel takes these questions very seriously. We have a document that we work on for this show, and I swear, Joel, you changed your answer to this question, best postseason walk-off, like seven times. Every time I, I looked it. at the document, it was a different answer, and then you finally uh, settled on freeze here. Yeah. We're not messing around here, Skeets. No. Nothing but the best. I love it. I love it. Uh, I was uh, I was going to go with an obvious one as a Blue Jays fan, but I kept it in my pocket for maybe another answer here. Uh, I'm going, though, with best postseason walk-off. I'm going Kirk Gibson in game one of nice. the 1988 World Series. That, to me, maybe it's just like I remember watching this as a kid, too. It feels mm-hmm. like one of the first... Uh, big sporting events that I actually watched on television, you know, stayed up late enough to watch it. I'm like, you know, I guess I'm, yeah, eight years old at the time. And it's just an iconic image uh, of it in MLB history and sports history of a hobbled Kirk Gibson, you know, fist pumping his way around the bases after delivering the pinch hit walk-off home run in game one of that World Series against Dennis Eckersley of all pitchers. Yeah. Too. And it's a, I watched the clip again. Uh, there's like a 10-minute uh, clip up on YouTube. Just the at-bat is incredible. Um, I mean, I'm happy with the uh, rule changes. Eckersley throws to first base. I think Davis is on first base. He throws over like seven times in this at-bat. Yeah. It's unreal. Uh, but Gibson is down 0-2. Uh, in the count, I mean, it looks like it's going to be over. So he fights back, and he just hits like a you know a slider outside, and he just rips it down the right field wall. It's incredible. It was his only at bat, uh, yeah, in, in the World Series there because like I think he was National League MVP, and then had those injuries uh, that obviously limited him. And like you can see him, he's like he hits one that it like just it goes like it's like you know it just makes like very little uh, contact. It goes down the first base line. McGuire comes at it and it just goes foul. Like, and he barely yeah. can run. Like, he can't get out of the box at all because he's of his hobbling. Leg. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And you got mustache versus mustache there. Uh, you know, he's looking <laughs> like Tom Selleck to me at the plate. It's an, yeah. I mean, I was getting goosebumps again watching this clip last night. So I'm going with Kirk Gibson. Any thoughts on that pick? Yeah, great pick. And I'm glad you mentioned that 10 minute clip because I think, yeah, MLB, they've got. Like the the full at bat, it's and awesome. when you watch it, the tension is just mounting, and even like you already know what happens, mm-hmm. but it's still just such an exciting uh, at at bat to watch. Yeah, what what a great World Series, and what a great moment. And even though it was only Game One of the World Series, it's still arguably one of the most iconic, not only home runs but postseason home runs. And yeah, like you said, it was Gibson's only at bat. And I kind of feel like in a way that almost broke the spirit of the athletics yes. right there. They're like, man, we can't get this guy out. <laughs> like we're uh, we're in trouble. And of course, the, the Dodgers went on to win the World Series. That's right. That set the tone. So uh, I'm going with that one. Just an unbelievable clip. All right. Next one here. Best postseason celebration. Where are you going for this one, Joel? We're going to go way back. We're going back to the 70s for this one. I'm going to go with the Game 5 ALCS in 1976 between the New York Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. Now, at the time, uh, under the format, there was no best of seven for the ALCS. So it it was a best, uh, it it was a five-game series. So Chris Chambliss hits a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth and immediately 
you see the outfield uh, gates open up and a bunch of police run onto the field. And for good reason, because Yankees fans just absolutely storm the field and Chambliss is running around <laughs> second base and Yankees fans are mobbing him and tripping him up. And he looks like a football player. He doesn't even touch third base. Uh, I was watching an interview with him. He actually had to come out later in a coat because it was only 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was freezing and he came out with two police officers and he went to touch home plate, but someone had stolen home plate, (laughs) one of the fans. So the umpire just, you know, like, what are you going to do now? I was curious. I couldn't actually find anything on this because I believe in the rules. Yeah. You have to officially touch the bases for the run to actually count. Now, I don't know if that was the case like back in 1976 when this happened. But man, I recommend watching the celebration. He is just like a running back mowing through (laughs) fans, gets to the dugout, like fearing for his life almost. Someone tried to take off his helmet and he takes it and he puts it under his arm and just like gets off of the field. Now, and, and it's funny because the Yankees announcers don't really acknowledge this at all. They're like, oh, my gosh, the Yankees are going to the World Series. I mean, if that happened today, the, the announcers would be like, oh, my gosh, what's going Pandemonium, on? Pandemonium, yeah. And, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I definitely understand in today's environment why they're very protective of, of you know, having fans on the field. But the old school kind of sports fan of me, like, I miss that. I love seeing fans rush the field i think you really only see it in in college sports at this point it's it kind of doesn't exist anymore in professional sports i get it but man just a different place in a different time and it looks so cool but also hilarious just seeing him (laughs) bowl fans i'm gonna have to fire up that clip because uh yeah that's one i'm not all that familiar with i like that answer though uh for this one i'm going with uh joe carter winning the world series in uh, 93 game six Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Uh, I go with it because uh, there's something very fun about, you know, a grown man looking like a kid. Joe Carter, the way he's jumping around the bases, uh, like he's not running. He is leaping. He is like skipping around the bases as uh, he brought Toronto their second consecutive World Series there. The first series ending walk-off home run in 32 years. Uh, You know, they were trailing as well. I had forgotten about the facts with this setup to Joe Carter's home run. Obviously, I'm watching it as a kid, you know, as a young teen at that point. The Jays are up 3-2 in the series, of course. They're ahead 5-1 in the seventh inning in game six. I mean, it looks like they are, like, of course going to win their second consecutive World Series. They're cruising, and then the Phillies explode for a five-run seventh inning, and they're up 6-5 heading into the bottom of the ninth. Ricky Henderson gets a walk. I think it was four straight pitches. Uh, I think um, Devon White actually flies out. Or he has like a really long at-bat, but eventually flies out. Then Paul Molitor uh, hits a single, and then Joe Carter steps to the plate and like gets one down the left field line. It just clears, and then we get him bouncing around. Um, but, man, I had forgotten that they blew a massive lead. Like, yeah, that could have been heading to a like game they summer. had it wrapped up. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, you know, I'm playing the homer card here. You knew I was going to pick Joe Carter for one of these, but it's a good celebration. I mean, and again, the Sky oh, Dome great. going absolutely berserk. It was also nice to see a, a blue light sign down the left field line. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. blue light. <laughs> that beer? Wow. Um, well, I think that, uh, Skeets, I think 
that Labatt's was the majority or minority owner of the Blue Jays yeah. during that that point. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, what do you remember? Obviously, you were watching it uh, in Toronto. You're a little younger than I am, but did you did you stay up to watch that World Series? I I I can't remember. I I can't remember if I fell asleep or not. But I mean, I I vividly like remember like the the aftermath of it. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, like, as a kid, like, this is what crushes me so much as, like, a lifelong Jays fan. Like, getting a taste of that success, like, at a young, like, like I was responsible. But, like, <laughs> as a fan, I'm like, oh, man, like, back-to-back World Series. We're never going to lose again. And then, like, here we are 30-plus later, 30 years-plus later, and I'm just a, a jaded Blue Jays fan at this point. But, I mean, yeah, like, what, you know, what a game, what a series. I believe that series also had the highest – like the the one game it had the most runs scored yeah. in a single game. I forget what the final score was. Was but it like yeah. fifteen to no, fourteen or something like that? It was insane. Yeah, like yeah. it was just an absolute shootout of a game. But uh, yeah, only two walk off uh, home runs in World Series history, and one of them uh, was done by a Toronto Blue Jay. It's pretty amazing to uh, to to know. And uh, wild thing, Mitch Williams on the mound for. Uh, <laughs> for the Phillies there. Didn't he get, like, that was like, he had a brutal postseason. I think he gave up like three saves, I think, uh, including that one. He got Yeah, he was kind of an all or or nothing dude there. He just kind of, and I remember like there were a couple pitches there in the ninth inning where like he almost fell over. Like he just, that mullet flowing and he (laughs) would just rip it in there and, you know, yeah, but life's a Mitch. Sorry, but uh, (laughs) Joe took him deep. That's right. All right, final one here. You can go anywhere. I mean, it could be anything. I guess it could be another walk-off homer. It could be a defensive play, whatever. Uh, best postseason moment. Uh, what are you circling here? Went, uh, yeah, I went a little bit more obscure to this. I mean, obviously, lots and lots to choose yeah. from. But for me, this was just I really enjoyed the the 2013 wildcard game between the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Cincinnati Reds, divisional rivals. The Pirates were hosting and the fans and and the pirates hadn't been to the postseason since they had been uh beaten by the Braves they had that uh it was Sid Bream uh, I think scored uh, the winning run there yep. I believe it was in 1992 so the pirates had a long postseason absence anyway the the fans start chanting uh Johnny Cueto was the pitcher for the Reds and the fans start chanting Cueto Cueto and he's kind of like scuffing up the ball, like in between pitches and he drops it. And all of the pirates fans are like getting on him yep. and laughing or whatever. Next pitch he throws Russell Martin hits a home run. Fans go absolutely berserk. I thought it was just like, I thought it was a perfect moment. It's really, really cool to go back and see that. And just seeing all those pirates fans, especially a small market team, you know, having something to cheer for. But I thought that was a really, really Cool postseason moment. Yeah, after he drops the ball, next pitch, boom, Martin takes him deep. It was awesome. I love that one. I've got a, I've got an old one to this uh, question. I've got a sort of, um, you know, more modern answer, I guess. But the old one, I mean, I didn't overthink it. Willie Mays, his legendary catch in the 54 World Series. Oh, yeah. Where he's like in the polo grounds, he's playing, uh, you know, short center field because it's two-two uh, in the eighth inning. There's runners on first and second, so he's got to be in short. And uh, you know, they smash one out to like it's like a giant outfield too. It's like 480 feet out there, and he just takes mm. off in like a dead sprint. 
uh, running to the warning track and then does the uh, over the head sort of basket catch and then like spins on a dime and throws it back in. Like, you know, the footage looks so cool too. It's obviously from the 50s, black and white, and it's like old school. Um, But it's like, what an athlete, Willie Mays. So that one's for the old heads. But this one, uh, you'll like this, I think, too, because you were just bringing up the Blue Jays and their, uh, you know, uh, futility when it came to making the postseason for a while. Roy Halladay, when he went oh, yeah. to the to the Phillies, he had been on the Jays, what, like 12 seasons, never even sniffed the postseason, like never even had even an close. inning. Yeah, they were never really close, like you said. So he goes to Philadelphia. He has an incredible year, 21 wins. He wins the Cy Young. And then in his first game in the postseason for the Phillies, throws a 104-pitch no-hitter against the Reds, and uh, he only had one walk, so he was nearly perfect, nearly throws a perfect game. It was the first postseason no-hitter in 54 years. That was a cool-ass moment, Uh, again, as a Jays fan to see, like, geez, see? You know, if you had gotten this guy into the postseason, look what he could do. But, uh, yeah, the no-no. Yeah, it was awesome to see. From Halliday there in in game one. Um, There it is, the best of the best. I love that uh, new segment there, Joel. Good stuff. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, final segment here on No Bunts. It's called You're Out. Let's get to it. It's the World Series Game 7 edition of You're Out. So, this is simple. I've got three incredible Game 7s from the World Series, and I will present them to Joel and uh, everyone joining us live or listening later. And you got to decide, you know, which one's uh, really the worst of the bunch. Which one is out of here? And this is going to be tough because these are great. All right, first one, Game 7 of the 2001 World Series, uh, Luis Gonzalez with the RBI single to cap off the two-run rally in the bottom of the ninth to give the Diamondbacks their first championship by beating the Yankees 3-2. Okay, we got that one. We've also got Game 7 of the 2016 World Series, Chicago Cubs beating the Cleveland Indians 8-7 in extra innings. There was a 17-minute rain delay before the top of the 10th in that game, but the Cubs 
held on in a Game 7 thriller. And then the final one, Game 7 of the 91 World Series with the Twins beating the Braves 1-0 in 10 innings. Uh, just an incredible pitcher's duel between uh, the Braves' John Smoltz and the Twins' Jack Morris, who went the uh, full 10 innings, I believe. So, uh, yeah, Gene Larkin, the, hit, the, 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 the hero in that one with the pinch hit. Um, so that one's tough, Joel. Who are you picking here in your out? Game 7, 2001 World Series, Arizona winning. Game 7, 2016 World Series, the Cubs winning. Or Game 7 of the 91 World Series, the Twins beating the Braves 1-0. I don't know. I'm the one that came up with these. I don't know why I made it so hard on myself. I mean, I, I really, I know I'm, I'm a fool. I, listen, like there's, I'm going to pick like the one I'm getting rid of is the Cubs and the guardian slash Indians. Okay. But I mean, like that was just such a great game. The thing, like what separates that game for me. And it, it, again, like still in a super exciting game, Man, one to nothing, Jack Morris goes the distance. The way the Twins, like, they had that crazy win in game six. Yep. And then for them to do it, like, in game seven. And then, you know, with with the Diamondbacks, I, I just felt like that was so exciting. Mariano Rivera was just, like, at his, at his peak, at his prime at that time. And I really felt like, you know, that was a very emotional series. It, it was obviously shortly after 9-11. And yeah. I just really felt like the fates were going to line up and, and the Yankees were, were going to win it and we're going to do it for the city of New York. But the Diamondbacks against all odds, and they, and they had blown a couple saves in that series too. Kim, the Korean reliever, that ninth inning is just so exciting. This was super, super tough. Don't hate me, but you're out. I got to go. Yeah, Indians and and Cubs. But, like, I don't know. I could easily see people making a case for it, too. Yeah. It's an impossible question to answer. Yeah, it's tough. I think I maybe lean towards that one as well. Like, that game took forever. Uh, again, there was the rain delay. I think that one ended the next day. Like, they started it on whatever the day and it ended the next day. It went past midnight, if I remember correctly, because this was huge. This was a Game 7 with the Cubs trying to win the first World Series uh, since, what, yeah. you know, 1908. Yeah. Yeah, I, and again, like, and that's the thing. Oh, man, like, how could you How could you not pick the Cubs? Like, they broke the curse and everything. Sure, like that, like, that was a big moment. But just in terms of, like, the actual moment, like, the game, like, you know, comparing it to those two other ones, it's... Yeah, that's the one I I had to go with, but uh, I did it with a heavy heart. Yeah, there's no way I'm saying you're out to the uh, the Twins Braves game. You're right. Yeah, that, that series, that game. I mean, the idea that Morris goes nine, and then Kelly, the manager, is like, "Okay, we're gonna take you out," and they have like literally a dugout conference. And the decisions made to leave him on the mound, like to go to extra innings. Yeah. And I think Smoltz went, uh, you know, I want to say like seven innings or something like that. He went pretty deep in that game as well before they went to the pen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Morris retires the Braves in the uh, in order in the top of the 10th. 10th inning. Uh, and then in the bottom of the inning, Atlanta, they get the bases loaded. There's one out. And then Gene Larkin. Gene Parmesan. Gene Larkin uh, steps in <laughs> as a pinch hitter. And the first pitch he sees, yeah, he uh, puts into left field for the... Uh, the World Series winning single. So that game, yeah, that's a no-brainer. Um, yeah. And so it's between the first two, but you slipped it in there. Uh, Mariano Rivera, Riviera, I'm saying that incorrectly, apologize. Um, 
he had saved 23 straight postseason games up until that point. And the Yankees are two outs mm-hmm. away from, what was it? That would have been their fourth straight championship? Um, yeah, 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 because they, yeah, they, they had already had, yeah, they won in 98, 99, and 2000. Yeah. And yeah, that would have been their, their fourth in a row. Yeah. So just the fact they like, yeah, took down the, you know, the dynasty there and, you know, one of the greatest, you know, relief pitchers, uh, closers we've ever seen in, in postseason play. Like that's, that's wild. So I think I'm with you. I think I'm going Cubs. Trey Kirby's going to hate us, but I think I'm going Cubs. You're out of here. I'm going to blame it on yeah, the rain. It's... I'm going to blame it on the rain like I'm uh, Millie Vanilli there. Blame it on the rain, yeah. And just getting back to that point, uh, Skeets, about the Twins, I, like, you know, you can never predict the future, but I can say with almost certainty we're never going to see, uh, like, in terms of a pitching performance, we're never going to see what Jack Morris did replicated ever again. Yeah. Like, that time has come and gone in this game. There's no way, a, a, a like, a manager would – like, nine innings is <laughs> – it would be, like – just a pitcher throwing a complete game in the postseason, I feel, would be a big story, even though, like, 10 years ago it, it would be the norm almost. There's no way in today's day and age a guy's throwing – 10 innings. It's just not going to happen. Oh, yeah, so. we see these guys all the time come out in like the fifth inning after a 1-2-3 inning looking good, looking strong, and then we see yeah. the uh, manager saying, you know, give me a handshake, give me the ball, you're not going back out there, and we've already talked about it. Yeah. Like, it, it is a little frustrating as a casual baseball fan. You want to see, like, you want to see complete games. You want to see how far they can go. You want to see these guys that are just on a heater, but... You also understand why they do that. Uh, All right, you're out. We're going with the Cubs. Indians, Game 7 of the 2016 World Series. Man, oh, man, Steve Bartman's going to be upset. The Black Cats are going to be upset. The (laughs) Billy Goats are going to be upset. Steve, uh, Trey Kirby, <laughs> Steve Kirby too, his dad probably. Can't uh, win them all. No, can't you can't. Win them all. You can't. You made that one tough, Joel. All right, great stuff. Uh, let's get your prediction, though. Game 7 tonight, <laughs> tomorrow for you, uh, Phillies D-backs. What's the score? Who's winning? And then, uh, you know, let's. Uh, I was going to say, give me your World Series prediction as well. So give me both. Who's winning tonight, Game 7 of that series? And then who are you liking, I guess, in this hypothetical World Series? I'm ride or die with Philly and both. I okay. mean, I, I'm not going to change now. You know, you asked me who my pick was at the beginning, and, you know, it's, it's too late to change now. Uh, I'm Philly's. Uh, I think Harper is, you know, I'm going to stick with Harper is going to have a, a monster game and then go on and have a monster World Series okay. and uh, kind of cement his status. I think of it, I think if it comes down to Philadelphia and Texas in the World Series, yeah, uh, I'm going to take Phillies. So I'm going to take them tonight and in the World Series, I'm going to, go Phillies in ooh, Phillies in six. Okay. Phillies in six. All right. Yes. Joel McMillan did call Phillies at the start of the postseason. He's sticking with it. That makes sense. Hopefully we get a very entertaining game seven. Uh, the world series starts on Friday. So it'll be Rangers versus the D-backs or Phillies. And then we'll be back here with no bunts next week. Back to our uh, regularly scheduled time of Wednesday mornings around 8.15 Eastern in the morning uh, for some no bunts action. So we'll be talking about a couple games from the World Series. I guess it couldn't be done by then, could it? In a sweep? Is that possible? No, no, no. I, I don't believe it'll be. They space. Uh, it I don't believe it'll bit. be done. Okay, okay. So we'll have yeah. some uh, World Series action to talk about for sure next Wednesday. Make sure you subscribe to the Athletic Baseball Show feed so you get all of your No Bunts action. Check out No Bunts on Instagram. Joel does a great job putting some fun slides up and some fun photos. So make sure you follow us there. For Joel, his cats, JD, <laughs> and his computers, 
I'm J.E. Skeets. This is No Buns. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Enjoy Game 7 tonight and the World Series.